I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. I have found that there are four pretty solid tried and true rules to follow around pricing in your design business. And I'd like to share them with you because if you pay attention to this, if you make sure that you follow these and get this into your presentations and the way you step into clients, you're going to run far more smoother through your jobs. Your clients will be easier to handle and you're going to be far more profitable in the end. Okay, so good stuff, right? Okay, rule number one. Always explain to your client that design services and purchasing are separate. They're separate services, okay? You don't want to ever combine them or be seen like you combine them or let people think that they're combined because then their view of you is that that you're a furniture salesman or a, a personal shopper or something like that, okay? And that's where you get those those pushbacks about double dipping and that kind of thing, which isn't true. It isn't really true at all, okay? But that has to do with the way you present yourself in the very beginning. So you always want to to show design services as separate and kind of a standalone service within your business so that, you know, the idea here is that if you were were not going to do any purchasing, that you were just paid for design, that you could run your business just fine. Okay, because it's a standalone piece. You're a designer, not a furniture salesman. Okay, and we have reason to believe that sometime in the future, probably not too far off, we won't do purchasing. We'll just be doing design, which, you know, may be okay. It means that it'll get more expensive as we go along, but, and that's okay. All right. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out when it, when it comes there. But at the moment, you want to make sure that those, it's crystal clear that your design services happen first and you're paying for design. And when we get the design completed, then we're going to purchase. Okay. Two separate things. And that, that if you, if people never did purchase from you, you still would be very well paid for your design services. Okay. So that's a key piece that you need to, need to get in there. So, you know, you want to stay out of that spot where you could be considered double dipping or, or a furniture salesman or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And that, that has to do with presentation. So what you would, you would say is something like this, this is a design studio first. Okay. We charge for the time it takes to design your living room. Okay. It's a bespoke design. It's completely unique to you. It's highly creative and highly focused on you. And it's completely separate from purchasing. Okay. It's the design of what we're going to do and how we're going to get there and how that's all going to be. And once we understand what it is that you want and, you know, what the scope of this job is, then we can quote a fee to actually produce that for you. 
Okay. Now, if you would like us to purchase for you, we do offer that as a separate service. It's a white glove service where we take care of absolutely everything, take care of every detail along the way. And, but because of the extraordinary service, our prices will not be the lowest price on the internet. Won't be because we have to pay someone to do the work to get the product here, to make sure it's not damaged, to take care of the freight claims, to do all of the pieces it does to get that that piece of furniture, whatever it is we're buying, to you in a manner that's beautiful and finished and, and exactly the way you want. So our commitment to you is that we're going to provide great value for the money. Now, rule number two. Rule number two is always be paid before you do the design work, okay? Completely paid before you do design work. Why? Because they're not so anxious to pay you after you're done, right? Okay, and from a money standpoint, from running your business, it's very difficult to be profitable if you're getting paid for work you did this month and and you're getting paid three or four or six months or a year later, okay? It doesn't work. Your cash flow won't work. It'll It'll make you upside down. Okay. So you've got to remember that the, the onus is on them to prove that they're going to pay you, not the onus on you to prove you're going to get the work done. Okay. It's, it's got to be flipped around. So when you do a quote for a design fee, you want at least half of it up front to start with. And if it's a small amount, like I'd say 5,000 or under, just ask for the whole thing. Okay. We don't need a million little checks going on here. Let's try to eliminate some of the bookkeeping we do and keep this a little smoother. So when you have a larger fee, it probably will come in chunks, but you want to do those chunks to pay for the work you're going to do next, okay? So it's just in front of what will happen next. So if you've got a gigantic fee or, you know, or just a big fee, say $60,000, that might be in chunks of 7, 8, 10, 12 along the way based on what you're doing. But the idea is that it's paid off before you get to the purchasing meeting, okay? Because we don't want that money that's due to you get mixed up in their head with the money that's going to buy the product that you already agreed on the budget on. Okay. So it, it's really important to get that piece into your letter of agreement right from the get go. I have seen designers so many times tell me that they're, they're, they're starving because they're waiting to get paid on a design agreement they wrote where, where they'd get paid for their final payment in the design agreement when all the product shows up and gets installed. And of course, we know what happens there. You know, if things get back ordered or lost or scrambled or freight, you know, a million problems. All right. That piece of the job doesn't have anything to do with your design agreement up front. You want to do that whole design and complete it and be paid. Okay. Entirely right? And then the furniture proposals are another piece behind that. It's a separate contract, okay? And they don't, they don't get hooked together, right? Or in the, in the case of a construction piece where you're doing, doing um, say, new construction and you've done all the finishes and you did all the furniture and interior design and you have a construction support piece, you would have that entire thing paid off and then it would just sit there quietly till you began 
doing the construction support piece, probably framewalk, right? <laughs> the first thing, make sure everything's right before they button it up. That's when that last deposit would be made on the contract. So the idea is that you pay before you work instead of after, which is going to balance out your cash flow and make sure you get paid and keep you moving, keep you moving a little faster, make that, make that job complete so you can make all of those pieces happen. Okay. So rule number three, Rule number three is that all product that's sold to a client must have a purchase proposal that's signed and funded prior to order. Okay, I'm going to say that again. This is really, really important. All product that's sold to a client needs to be done on a purchase proposal. That's a separate agreement that from your letter of agreement. It's a purchase proposal. I'm going to buy this, this, and this. This is what I'm paying for. And that proposal must be signed by the client and completely funded at 100%, okay, before you order it, okay? You are not the bank of design, okay? Your clients have way, way more money than you do. You do not risk your money, your family's money, banking somebody else's order, okay? Don't do it. It, it starts little for everyone. Oh, it's just $100. I'll just do that and I'll bill it later. That sort of thing. Well, that kind of attitude will turn into thousands of dollars later. And if you have a staff and your staff's aware that you're doing that, then they're going to do it too. And it turns into a really big, big problem. All right. So just don't do it. <laughs> just, just don't go there. Always have a purchase proposal. It has terms and agreements on the back that says, you know, things about about perfection made by human hands and nothing's perfect. We get to decide what the quality level is and that that back orders can happen and discontinues can happen and wars can happen in a place where we're trying to order something from and then it won't be able to come. Not our liability. You know, we'll do the best we can to make all this come out. Okay. So that's that purchase proposal front front end piece. The back end of that is that every, then every purchase proposal has a purchase order, a different thing, a purchase order that goes to the vendor for each item. Okay. Now that is part of your booking system and the checks and balances that keep you squared up and keep things working right. So that's a really important piece. And if you're looking at, at the beginnings of systems in your business, this is one of them. This is a really important one that you have good paper flow in, in all the way through this. Now, why? Because sometimes clients get goofy and weird <laughs> and say things like, well, I didn't order that, or I didn't approve that, or I didn't, you know, you know, you've been there. <laughs> I've been there. It's like, it's not fun, right? And having a really, really good paper flow where, or digital flow, you know, that's actually digital now, but, but the idea that every, that there is a document for every step along the way and they signed off and they paid for it puts you in the clear. If you're missing any of those pieces and you have to end up in an arbitration or in court with somebody, you're in trouble. Okay. So, you know, this idea of having a really clean system, really clean, clean books, everything connects, all the pieces are connected is really, really important. Okay. The other thing I will throw in there just as an aside is you might as well get used to this purchase order thing because to get into the stocking dealer side of how this all works, 
okay, where your prices start getting really good that you're buying at, you will always need a purchase order because, you know, they want to work with real businesses, okay? I'll put quotes around that, but it's part of being a real business is having this whole purchase proposal, purchase order system within your software system. I mean, your software systems do it for you and connect it over to your accounting system, okay? That needs to be set up, and there's a very important reason for that. And if you've got that, you're much less likely to have money leaks and problems around purchasing, or I didn't order that, or, you know, what's the price? of that or what do we sell that for, um, you know, your books stay square. Very, very important. Okay. And then rule number four, last but not least, okay, is never sell product on a cost plus basis. Why? Because people pick on it. Now, I know that we did that for years. I did it for years. Okay. I am my studio goes way back and we ran on cost plus for a long time. It was considered transparent, <laughs> too transparent, actually. That's not really what transparency in business means. I think we got it kind of wrong. But what happens when you do a cost plus is that your client doesn't understand what cost means. You're talking about designer net or wholesale. They think it's retail. Okay. They don't get it. They don't know these words that we bandy around that, that, you know, <laughs> that, that we got. You know, they don't got it. Right. So th- there's, there's that issue. So they're on edge. They think they're paying more when actually they're paying less. And we'll talk about that too. But so they think they're paying more. And so then they often will try to negotiate what that percentage is that you're making. Now, there, well, how much you make on your product is up to you. It is none of their business. Zero. Absolute zero their business. Okay. And I will tell you when you get into really high end jobs, big jobs, that's not a factor either. I mean, there is a set number. This is what we're going to do it for. You produce it. Okay. They're not interested in nitpicking how much you make on, on a chair. Okay. And if that happens, you need to set a boundary and back out of there fast because it's none of their business. None of their business. Right? It'd be like going to Nordstrom and picking up a a four hundred dollar dress and going up the counter and saying, "Hey, I want this, but you know, how much are you making on it?" Because you know, I don't I don't think you need three hundred dollars profit on this. You know, I'll, I'll give you one hundred and fifty for it. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's not that's not happen. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let somebody talk down to you that way. Because what they're essentially doing is is trying to <laughs> trying to make you go along with them when you have to have a system that you this is how I do this this is you know, this is the way it's done and when you're confident about that and present it that way it's easy it's not a problem all right they follow it okay so but when you're mushy-washy and you don't say how it works and you you get meek about this um, and actually say cost plus 30 or cost plus 40 they're going well somebody else said cost plus 25 but yeah it's it's ridiculous you're ridiculous okay don't go there don't go there just say retail. Okay. And retail is really whatever you want to make it. Okay. But it's retail. That is the price. And there's no, there's no calculations or anything to discuss in the middle. They're just priced at retail. Manufactured suggested retail is a good way to say it. Now, you know, to explain the, the difference in the percentages there and what happens is retail is double. Okay. Whatever you paid for it. Yeah. 
<laughs> like that. And cost plus is, you know, just your percentage on top of it. So if you were buying something, say, from four hands, okay, and it was $100, I don't think they have anything for $100, but we'll just use that because it's easy math. So you got $100 and you're running at cost plus 30, right? Then you would sell it at $130 and you'd make 30 bucks, right? Done that all the time, done that for years, right? Now, the difference is if you're at retail, that $100 product that you're selling is $200 on a sell price, okay? And, you know, that's what the retail is, $200. And you make $100 instead of $30. And your client likes retail better than cost plus, okay? No, that's totally backwards. That's totally illogical, but they don't do the math. They don't understand what cost means. They don't understand the verbiage. So you're far better off to be really clear in your pricing and just say retail, okay? And and if you're, you know, buying a lot of pieces from retail stores, which I would encourage you not to do, that's better for a little fill-in here and there, because you can't, if you're only getting 10 or 20% commission off of that stuff, <laughs> you, you can't afford it. You can't rent a studio on that. You'll, you'll not make it, okay? So it needs to be, you know, if you're going to use West Elm or Pottery Barn or something like that, it needs to be just for a little piece that as a fill-in that you can't find anywhere else. Okay, we'll get it there. All right. If you want to be really strict about that, you could say in your letter of agreement that anything that you buy at a retail store, underlying store, you will, you will charge a 35% purchasing fee on. Now that would cover your time in order to get that stuff delivered and done. And, um, you'd come out pretty well that way. And, you know, I, I used to do that and tell people, you know, if I have to send somebody to Target to go get something for you, that's just a little filler that that we need, that you need, they need to get paid, okay? And that's what that 35% is, okay? And people are fine with that. And people are fine, okay? So, so this clarity around pricing is incredibly important that people understand and that when you, in your presentation, in your first appointment, when you're talking about how you work and how all these things, if you talk about that and that your pricing is done at retail and that they'll have a full list of everything that, that you, that needs to go into this room that they have approved and they've seen it and you've presented it and all these things and all of that will be there before we ever buy anything. It'll all be figured out. So we're within budget, everything's square. There's no problem. There's absolutely no problem with it. It makes your life so much easier. Um, it makes the, their understanding so much easier. You don't get the pushback and the, the negotiation and the, well, uh, you know, I found it on the internet kind of thing. You want to just avoid that right from the beginning. And you can do that by being really clear in your four rules. Right. So remember these when you're putting together a job or maybe put them on the wall and make sure that you, you do these pieces along the way. If you remember to do that and get that into your process, you're going to be far more profitable. People are going to be happy. Your clients will be happy. They're much easier to manage and your job's going to run smoother, easier to sell, easier to do. Everything works better. Okay. So until next time, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're hearing each week, let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on clear, proven, repeatable, step-by-step -step recipes for attracting ideal luxury clients I share in each episode. 
As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. Till next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. <laughs>